Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace. Strengthening the Saints Against Islam's Assault on North America. Well, we've been playing last week for you clips of uh, an interview that I had with Sharam Hadian as he's sharing his testimony, how he came to know Christ, being raised as a Muslim in Iran, immigrating here to the United States, and then coming across a Christian that shared with her Muslim teacher some truths about Jesus Christ, giving him a cassette tape of her pastor just simply preaching the gospel message. It was Easter, and on one side of the cassette tape, he was preaching the, uh, the death and burial of Jesus Christ, and then on the other side, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And on that tape, Sharam heard for the first time the Bible gospel message. And, you know, it, it's you know, we assume, folks, that Muslims understand what we believe and simply reject it as untrue. The truth of the matter is, is that Muslims hardly even know what they're supposed to believe, much less what we believe. And so when they come across a born-again Christian who's genuine in their faith, who lives different from the world, who is sincerely following their faith, that intrigues them, and they'll listen to that person. And uh, I want you to listen to an interview that I did with a Muslim in Florida. Uh, we were out at the park. It was a Muslim holiday. I think it was Eid Mubarak. And I share the gospel with this man. Uh, his wife shows up. You'll hear that in the interview. And, uh, and, I, and I share with him, this gets them every time. I always have great success when I ask a Muslim this question. Did you ever hear the story in the gospel, in the angels, what they call it? The story where Jesus ripped into a Jewish rabbi. I mean, he just really told him off. Went, you know, went up one side of him, down the other. I'm referring to the story of Nicodemus, where Jesus rebukes Nicodemus. And through that, I get to tell them the gospel message, you must be born again. Listen now, as I do this with this Muslim man and his wife. Here we go. Khalid, thank you for your time. Uh, you're out here with uh, other Muslims and friends of your family, I'm sure. Today is uh, Eid Mubarak, celebrating the, uh, the sacrifice. We've talked to other Muslims as to what the story is behind all that. But what are the deeper spiritual meanings to that, at least to you? To me, just to come here and witness, uh, it's all about the energy, and you know, it's a very peaceful day. We're celebrating with Abraham, you know, the story of Abraham and his son sacrificing, trying to sacrifice him, you know, because he was guided by God to do so. And then the, the moment we was trying to sacrifice his son, God sent him a sheep, and we celebrate it. It has a lot more meaning than that. It's just, it's more about community and you know, being with the family and one of our major holidays. Were you born into a Muslim family, or did you convert to Islam? What's your story? No, I was born and raised in, in Morocco, and I uh, was brought up in a Muslim family. Uh, I think 99% at least of the population in Morocco is, is not predominantly uh, Muslims. So I grew up around these the culture and the, the holidays and everything else that comes with it. Now, I've met some Libyan uh, Muslims over to your left. 
and uh, from Morocco. So we're seeing a lot of people from North Africa here. Is What kind of population of Muslims in the Orlando Central area would be from North Africa? As far as I know, there's a, there's a huge Moroccan community because they come through Disney. But uh, I've met Muslims, even Russian Muslims, uh, Africans from Central Africa, across the board, including the ones that converted you know, to Islam. To my research, we understand that most of the Muslim population in Florida is going to be the majority of them in the central parts, uh, estimates as many as 100,000 Muslims in Florida. Does, does that sound right to you? Yeah, yeah, it does sound about right because um, there might be not as many up in the Jacksonville area. Uh, I go to Miami on business all the time, but I don't see as many. But I think, in fact, uh, I don't know if you heard uh, the uh, uh, the imam talk today after the prayer. The first Muslim uh, cemetery, you know, is here now in Central Florida. The first one in the U.S. So that's that's pretty significant. Hmm, didn't know that. Now. According to Islamic doctrine, Muslims must earn favor with Allah in order to have their, their place in paradise. You know, their standards of, of uh, good and bad and evil and so on there. How do you think you're going to fare in that? Do you, you know, do you feel you good enough to earn his favor? I think, really, God, you know, he created us not to punish us. I, I think everything we do is... a uh, it, the Muslim religion is very clear, okay, without getting into the details and the politics side of it. But uh, as I teach my kids, it's just a, it's, it's about being a good husband, being a good father, being a good neighbor. You don't hurt anybody else. You just, it's like, you know, what, that's what a the average person would do, just to live a simple life and not complicate, you know, the, the daily life. It's, it's what it's all about. And, and, and God, you know, or we call, you know, Allah for us. He, he gave us all the tools to, to guide us without really, start thinking about am I going to go to heaven? Am I going to go to hell? It's a, you just keep it basic as far as I'm concerned. There's certain differences between Christianity and Islam. For example, in the Eid, you celebrate Abraham taking his son Ishmael. Uh, Christians and Jews from the Old Testament, New Testament have it as uh, Isaac. If it were Isaac, does that change Islam? I don't think that really changed anything because we're all descendants of Abraham. Simple as that. You know, people can, if you read the, the Quran and, and the Bible, everything is pretty much the same, except perhaps for the fact that we think of Jesus as a prophet and the other religion looks at it as, you know, the, the Trinity. So. You brought up Jesus. Did you ever hear the story in the Injil? where Jesus just really told off a Jewish rabbi. I mean, just went up one side of him, came down the other side. No. Do you ever hear that story? No, no, I have not. It's in the Gospel of John, and I've never heard a Muslim not want to hear it. But they've never heard of this story that Jesus, of Jesus doing this. And um, Jesus is meeting a man. His name is Nicodemus. And Nicodemus comes to him by night. He doesn't want to let other people know that he's curious you know, what's this message that Jesus has? And so Jesus tells him something that was foreign to him. And Jesus says, what, you're a leader? You're a ruler of the, of the Jews and you don't even know these things? So he's really letting him have it. And what he told him was something that was um, foreign. And he told him, said, ye must be born again 
If you have hopes to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. And this Jew, Nicodemus, said, what? You know, do I need to be climb back into my mother's womb and be born again a second time? How can this be? And Jesus says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So there's a physical birth. I guess you've had a physical birth. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> how many years ago for you? How old are you? I... <laughs> 50. 50. Okay, well, we're about the same. Mine, 49 years ago, I had my, my physical birth, okay? So somewhere back in time, I had my physical birth. Somewhere, I hope future, future, future down the road, I'll have a physical death. But the Bible also teaches that man had a spiritual death. It goes back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were given the command of God. Eat anything you want in the garden. But one thing, don't eat. And they were told, the day that ye eat thereof, ye shall surely die. Well, they disobeyed. They ate. But they didn't fall over dead physically. But they had a spiritual death. They were now separated from God because they sinned. And according to the scriptures... If you and I sin, we've separated ourselves from God's presence. And in order for us to be brought together, there must be an atonement to be brought together. Atonement means being made at one, being joined, unified together. And that kind of brings me back to the Eid Mubarak. You have a celebration of, of a father being told to sacrifice his son, to show his love. And a son submissively willing to lay down his life, if that is the desire of the father, he was willing to do that. He showed his, his uh, submission, obedience to do so. But God provided a substitute. The ram or animal, you know, a, a lamb, sheep, yeah, was caught in the thicket and that was sacrificed. But that also takes us back to the, to the garden, because when Adam and Eve had sinned, they had tried to cover up their nakedness. They knew that now they were naked. They tried to cover it up with man's attempt, man's works. And God came down in the garden and said, where are you? Now they're hiding from God. That's what sin does. We want to hide from God. Well, we knew we were naked. Who told you we were naked, you know? And, uh, and so they realized, well, God, you had sinned. You, you disobeyed me. So then he took an innocent, something innocent, an animal, shed its blood, like that sacrifice with Abraham, shed the blood of something that was innocent, and that blood sacrifice was an atonement for their sins. The skin of the animal covered their nakedness, but it was that blood that made them now one with God. Now, this is the, what, this, what the scriptures teach. But now, here's where we're probably going to have a difference of opinion. But the only reason why we Christians get this is because it comes from the Angel, from the Gospels. Jesus goes on to say to Nicodemus, if you're going to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. He had a physical birth, but he needed a spiritual birth. And the same thing's true for all of us. 
if we're going to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Somewhere between your physical birth and your physical death, if you've not had a spiritual birth to be born again. But in order to do that, there must be a blood sacrifice. And the Bible, the New Testament, if you read it, have you read the Angel at all? I, well, we did the, I mean, I, I read the Bible before. Yeah. Not all of it, but some of it. The Gospel of John, the Angel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are four account witnesses of the companions of Jesus who witnessed his life, but under inspiration of God, they wrote the account, the biography of Jesus' life. And Jesus said, no man takes my life. I give it up. And he laid down his life to shed his blood, according to the New Testament accounts, to shed his blood so that his blood could be an atoning sacrifice for the sins of man throughout the world, if only man would believe it. According to the scriptures of the New Testament there in the, in the Gospels, the Injil, that when Jesus shed his blood, that was to be the blood sacrifice for all man's sin. When John the Baptist, who was the cousin, the pro- one of the prophets, saw Jesus coming, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Well, folks, we're going to have to stop there, and God bless you. <laughs> 